evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzler. I have a great guest on tonight for the whole show. One of my favorite guitarists in Minnesota. This kid can play. His name's Sam Miltich. He's from Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Up there right on the edge of the Iron Range. And he's got a great new record out called Peasants with Torches. He's driving around up uh, there doing God knows what on the Iron Range tonight, but he was kind enough to uh, take some time to talk to us. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing well, Paul. I'm doing well. What's the weather like up there? Well, you know, right now I'm uh, en route on Highway 65, driving north uh, from a gig I had in Northfield, moving up towards uh, the northern part of the country, but we got uh, blue skies serving Princeton, Malacca uh, region, so we're... uh, Anxiously awaiting uh, getting back to the North Country. Great. Where did you uh, play in Northfield? Uh, I played at um, uh, a wonderful little um, studio called uh, The Hot Spot okay. uh, down there. And uh, I was doing a performance, which is a combination of uh, my original compositions as well as uh, a speech that I wrote about mental health advocacy. So, Yes, and we're going to get in a little later in the show uh, about mental health issues and how you've dealt with them personally. But recently, and uh, it puts the fear of God in any musician that follows you on Facebook like I do, you've been going through some pretty severe problems with your hearing. Yeah, well, you know, what wound up happening is um, on February 16th, I wound up uh, having what's called sensorial neural hearing loss in my left ear, and I basically went deaf in my uh, my left ear, just woke up one morning and it was gone, and wow. uh, underwent some procedures at the Mayo Clinic, and uh, have since had uh, some recovery within the ear, and uh, still within the healing period of things, but uh, yeah, it's been tremendously challenging, uh, but fortunately my, my right ear is still good, so I'm uh, grateful for that, and uh, we're just moving forward with some pretty creative solutions, uh, using... Uh, uh, my Bose noise-canceling headphones as hmm. monitors. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. We were pretty creative about this, but, you know, in essence, we, for the live performances, mixed the entire band into a board, um, which then, you know, went out to the house and then had another board where I had a couple of odds out and my headphones essentially worked as monitors for me and I was able to sort of filter out the crowd noise with the noise cancellation and had a really fabulous sound man and musician, Tony Axtell, helped me. And um, Oh, yeah. Well, Tony was with a uh, great bass player, was with uh, Garrison Keillor for years. Yep, precisely. And that's how I knew him was I was on Keillor's show, and he mixed that show. And, uh, yeah, so he just kind of came to my aid and helped me uh, make these shows possible. So We, uh... I'd love to hear more about that, not necessarily on this show, but you'll have to send me an email, Sam, because uh, my friend, Kenny Jacob, who was the first sound man when Cats on the Stars started playing electric in Minneapolis in 82, ended up going to MIT, took a class by uh, Dr. Bose, and Dr. Bose hired him uh, right after graduation to go to work for the Bose Corporation. Oh, sure. Yeah, and Kenny was, uh, along with another gentleman or two, Invented the uh, Bose L1 system, which I've, I have know you're familiar with. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, and I play the Bose L1, just to absolutely love it. 
Uh, but uh, I'll have to get this information to Kenny. It, it, uh, he will be fascinated by what uh, what you've been doing great. with those. Yeah, uh, that's a great idea because, you know, Tony and I uh, said, you know, Tony's like, man, you should, you should get in touch with Bose because this is kind of a remarkable thing that you dreamt up here. Uh, with doing for live performances, you, you know, he said you you would think that Bose would want to know about this. So yeah, it's kind of on my list of things to do. So well, you've got my email. So when you when you get back up north uh, and you get a minute, uh, kind of it, it capsulize it and send it to me, and I'll get it to Kenny. It sounds really fascinating. That's that's fantastic. I'd love to do that. So you have been playing guitar. For, how old are you and how long have you been playing guitar? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm 34 now, and I picked it up when I was 13, so that's 21 years, I wow. guess. Yeah, it's it's been, quite a, it's been quite a journey, I have to say. Well, and I've seen recent pictures of you uh, at 34. You've got the body of a 33-year-old, so you got to feel good about that. Yeah. Oh, amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've got uh, you've got a nice little family. I visited you when I was in Grand Rapids for oh god, how many years ago was that? When I was yeah, up there uh, at, at the uh, library with uh, talking about my book Blue Guitar Highway. But we, you've got two kids. How many? Yeah, I got two boys. I got an eight year old and a almost six year old. Wow. Six on April twenty fifth. So. And uh, it's got to keep you busy. Oh, um, yeah, we're moving and shaking these days, so... <laughs> right. Well, you come from a very musical family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. T tell us about that, Sam Miltich. Well, yeah, you know, on my dad's side, um, you know, kind of a fun connection that you and I share, but um, my dad's dad, my granddad, um, Matt Miltich, um, was a uh, upright bassist and was a product of uh, the wonderful Iron Range music programs that they had, you know, back in the 20s and 30s when he was in school. Um, he graduated from uh, Virginia High School, and he had a orchestra teacher named Vernon Malone. Malone Hall, that's the, uh, that is the, uh, the music hall is named after him. Uh, when I would go, uh, God, I did, uh, what, three years of senior high, uh, choir was at Malone Hall. In fact, I have, uh, you would be interested in this, Sam, because I know you love your history. Um, I have a, uh, uh, a book about the history of uh, Mr. Malone and Malone Hall. And when you go back and you look at the sort of concerts that they were having back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, it was phenomenal how cultured the area was even back then. Yeah, you know, I mean, I heard so many stories from my dad, Vernon Malone, and what a huge influence he was on my granddad and all those students in Virginia. And so, you know, granddad was really well-trained uh, as an upright bassist and then wound up graduating from the University of Minnesota with a degree in music and um, played both classical and swing because that was the music of the day. So, um, you know, um, I grew up with jazz and swing music in the house. Mm -hmm. um, and that was from, you know, the influence of my granddad and my dad always loved that music as well. And my, uh, my Nana on that side of the family was a classically trained cellist, very talented musician herself. And, um, and then, you know, there was, it was a big Iron Age family, Croatian Catholic family and, uh, 10 kids and basically every kid played music. Right. And, you know, all my family gatherings were my uncle playing guitar in a circle. Big jam session, you know. Well, I've and, uh, I played uh, with your uncle Tony. He's a he's a great guitarist as well. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's that's how I learned was just those guys. You know, it was just joining the family circle and being a part of the jam session, and that's how I learned to play. What is that other musical family in Grand Rapids that is like you as a, a lot of kids and they all play? Yeah, well, there's the there's the Downing family, right? The Downing, right? Yep, there's the Downings, and then there was the Laplante family as well. So there are numerous, um, you know, music, big musical families in Grand Rapids. So that was always just a part of the fabric of life. I uh, got to know a lot of those Grand Rapids musicians through my friend Booka Michael. Have you met Booka over the oh, years? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows Booka. <laughs> Every, everybody knows Booka. Yeah, a phenomenal percussionist. He uh, gets back up there to... Um, uh, for a month in the summer on that beautiful lake, which is, I'm spacing out, what's that great lake there in, uh, starts with a P? Oh, yeah, Pacagama, P- right? Pacagama, yeah, so he gets up there and plays when he's up there for the summer with his, uh, uh, lovely wife, Edith, so, uh, I might have to, yeah, he's always right. inviting me to come up, so when I do, uh, we're gonna have to uh, put a little gig together up there. Sounds like a nice idea to me. Tim, where did you, uh, What's the uh, uh, genesis of the name of your new record, Peasants with Torches? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have a really good friend who's a visual artist named Tom Page, who's both a sculptor and a painter. And uh, I can't remember how many years ago, four, five, six years ago, he put on these events that were sort of a multimedia artistic um, collaboration where we wound up uh, renting a, a space in Grand Rapids, and he featured his paintings, but then he had artists, other artists featured as well, writers, and then he had a musical portion of it. And, you know, he wanted original music. Um, and uh, he titled these programs Peasants with Torches, and he wanted original music, and so I wrote pieces that I felt sort of went along with that hmm. um, spirit. And then I just basically said, you know, Tom, can I can I use that as an album title? And he said, yeah, I'd be honored if you did. And uh, his uh, painting is uh, the cover art uh, of the album. And, you know, it was through that artistic collaboration that that all came together. Well, and it's really actually pretty timely because when you think Peasants with Torches, you know, you think back back to the day, the 17th, 18th century, when the uh, proletariat are going after those uh, those in power. <laughs> and it, it couldn't be more timely, really. We well, are... there was... There is a little something behind that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> we have Sam Miltich on, a great, actually one of my favorite guitar players in Minnesota. He's got a new record called Peasants with Torches. We're going to listen to this gorgeous tune he wrote called Homesick. And we'll be back three more sets with the great Sam Miltich on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. <laughs>
number one source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Hi, this is Laura with Food Freedom Radio, Saturdays at 8 a.m. Climate change is real, the soil's being depleted, and water's becoming more polluted. Knowing is not enough. Time for action. Go plant a garden. Stop pesticide use. Learn about CSAs. Seward Community Co-op is going to be hosting a CSA fair all day on April 27th. Or go to a barn dance in Red Wing, the Land Stewardship Project, on April 27th, 5 to 9. And listen to Food Freedom Radio, Saturdays at 8 a.m. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-647-1579. 1-800-647-1579. That's 1-800-647-1579. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. P. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. My guest for the whole show tonight, great guitarist and Grand Rapids, Minnesota native, Sam Miltich. Sam, you are a huge fan and play like Django Reinhardt. Yes, yeah, Django was really kind of my first big uh, jazz influence on the guitar. Tell the people out there in the Wall of Power Radio Hour land who uh, Django was and his importance in the history of jazz guitar. Yeah, you know, Django Reinhardt was a Belgian-born Roma man. You know, we used to use the term gypsy, but I think Roma is more appropriate. Um, And uh, he was born in 1910, died in 1953, and... um, 
uh, spent most of his life in France and uh, founded the group, the Quintet of the Hot Club of France with the great jazz violinist Stefan Grappelli. And uh, Django is remarkably important in the history of guitar in general because he was really one of the four on the forefront of what we think of as lead guitar playing. And uh, he was, in a sense, led the first guitar band because he had two rhythm guitars uh, and then... Uh, he was the lead guitarist, and then Stefan Grappelli was uh, lead violinist and then upright bass. So it was an all-string ensemble. And it was, uh, you know, he was doing guitar band before the Beatles were. This is the 1930s. <laughs> you so, know, there was a great, uh, somebody posted on on Facebook uh, a little over a month ago that Django came through Minneapolis uh, while he was uh, guesting with the Duke Ellington band. That's that's absolutely right. I yeah. think it was 1946. Yeah. Uh, 46, 47. I could be mistaken. Right. But yes, he uh, he only did one American tour uh, with Duke Ellington, and they played in Minneapolis, of yeah. all places. And so, uh, yeah, that's sort of a fun little piece of uh, uh, Minnesota history, is that Django actually did step foot uh, within the boundaries of the state of Minnesota. Right. So, <laughs> You know, Cats on the Stairs, we used to have a little, uh, we'd occasionally... Uh, have a little riff we talk about rehearsal, rehearsals that we go uh, my spurs went Jingo Jango Reinhardt yeah yeah nice. <laughs> that's that's inside baseball for musicians but Sam yeah. now, now not only was he led one of the first guitar bands but he, there was a fire in his trailer and he only used his first and uh his index finger and his middle finger to play guitar. Yeah, that's right. He Hit on his fretting hand, on his, his left hand. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he did all of his lead guitar work with, you know, his first and second finger, you know, with his thumb on the back of the neck. And so all that lead work was done with those two fingers. And then he could sort of use his um, badly burned um, ring and pinky finger to sort of mash them across the frets to make mm-hmm. certain chords. So in spite of a very serious physical disability, he still created some of the greatest guitar work ever known, you know, um, which is really remarkable. So I, I've been sort of saying, you know, I'm just like Django. I've got about as much hearing as Django had fingers on his left hand, <laughs> but I got my left ear. So, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't give up, so why should I? Right, absolutely. And um, Sam, you know, you, you, uh, you also put... Um, <clears throat> With a certain amount of regularity, you put pieces that you're working on or you've written on Facebook, which are really yeah. delightful to listen to. And you put up some uh, Django uh, compositions, which I really enjoy. What I do every now and then, <clears throat> just to screw around, is uh, um, I will occasionally take those two fingers and try to play Django-like solos without using my oh, yeah. ring and pinky. Do you do that? Absolutely. When I was a teenager, I was crazy enough that I taped my two fingers together to prevent myself from using them. And one of my gimmicks was I learned the entire transcription of Django Reinhardt's 1937, I'll See You in My Dream. And I would play that whole solo, two fingers style, for wow. performances. So, yeah, that was one of my little, little tricks. <laughs> wow. Now, I know, too, <clears throat> like me, you're a huge Lenny Bro fan. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, yes, Sam, you're like me, a huge uh, Lenny Bro fan, one of the greatest guitar players, maybe the greatest to ever come out of Canada, and discovered, yeah. by, the, and discovered by the great Chet Atkins. That's right. Yep. Lenny has been just a mega influence. He's been 
you know, an influence on my playing, uh, you know, in recent years, every bit as much as Django was in the beginning years. And, um, you know, it's, I, I do use the, you know, fingers instead of a pick on my left hand, but I'm primarily used a pick for most of my career. But um, beyond that, you know, what I'm really fascinated by is Lenny's harmonic sense. And, oh, you know, they're incredible. Like the, it's just the chords, the inversions that he uses, and these really tight uh, harmonic clusters are what really moved me. And so he's just been a massive influence as of late. Um, been studying his guitar work. And in fact, I just uh, finished a radio documentary, an hour long documentary about Lenny. Uh, in which uh, I interviewed both his daughter and his former bassist. Wow. I met at a house concert. Yeah, I was playing a house concert up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, a couple of years ago, and uh, this guy, Ron Halderson, was there. And uh, I was actually playing with Peter Ostrushko, and oh. Peter said, hey, you, you might want to meet this cat. He says he knows Lenny. Well, I not only knew him, you recorded with him. So wow. um, I wound up recording an hour-long uh, interview with uh, Lenny's daughter, Emily Hughes, is her name, um, and we uh, we put it on KEXC um, up in Grand Rapids. In One of the greatest um, community radio stations in the country, KEXC. Fantastic, and we wound up, I'm, my hope is to get it on uh, uh, PRI, uh, or excuse me, PRX, public, yeah. public radio exchange, and uh, uh, get, get it out there a bit more, and then uh, also hopefully try and... Uh, See if uh, the CBC up in Winnipeg would be interested in having that program. So yeah, Lenny has just been, uh, you know, constant inspiration for me. Well, and, and you're talking about uh, the literal harmonies with his harmonic sense, but the other thing that Cat had going on, maybe more than anybody, was his actual how he played harmonics on the guitar. Yes, the the kind of harp harmonics, you know, yes. the false harmonics. Yeah, where he would grab a chord, and, you know, one of the remarkable things is he would do a false harmonic, you know, 12 frets up from where the chord was, and he would make uh, a harmonic on one string and then pluck the other string naturally and then alternate back and forth so you have this sort of harp harmonic thing going on. And, you know, he could just keep it going on for days. It would just be endless. <laughs> and, just, and this sort of ethereal beauty that would just ring out from the guitar. It's just incredible. You know, I had a guitar student 20 years ago who moved down to Nashville. He was going to make it in Nashville. Went to see Lenny Bro play and a little club and after the gig was talking to Lenny. He goes, hey, I'm just, I just moved down like this is my first night. I'm looking for a place to stay. Lenny said, I'm looking for a roommate. Oh my gosh. So he ended up moving in with Lenny Bro and he brought me a, he brought me a cassette uh, that he took, I wish I would have copied it, of Lenny sitting around the table at three in the morning, sitting around the kitchen table playing yep. guitar. You know, I've heard of these kind of stories from, you know, like different documentaries, you know, about people just saying, you know, he would he would stay up and play, you know, until like four in the morning practicing. Right. Like, oh, man, I got, you know, just obsessively trying to figure out, you know, the next piece of the puzzle, so to speak. Yeah. You know, We've got that's Sam... pretty remarkable. Well, he was a, a complete artist. We have Sam Militich on. We're going to be listening to some of his new music off his record, Peasants with Torches. Stick around. I hope you're enjoying the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza.
This is Laura, and I want to tell you about my family's favorite thing. It's our wood stove. We bought it about 14 years ago from Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. And see, the wood stove has actually paid for itself because we can keep the main area that we live in toasty warm with this great moist heat. But more important than saving money, it has actually improved our lives. Having a fire simplifies life. It provides comfort. It sort of takes the chill out of winter. I'm Peter Solak. In 1977, I started Woodland stoves and fireplaces and i experienced the simple joy of warming myself by a fire i also realized that the place and the way we embrace fire has evolved in a diversity of forms and styles so at woodland stoves and fireplaces we have brought together the widest selection of our fireplace products and technical knowledge in the twin cities our mission is to use our knowledge to help you choose the design and function that is right for you and your home visit woodland stoves and fireplaces today and find the right fire for you Habitation Furnishing and Design is simply the best furniture design studio in the Twin Cities. What is a furniture design studio? It's a place where you'll find professional interior designers who are there to help you select the perfect furniture, a single sofa or an entire home. Our designers love making spaces exceptional. When you're shopping for furniture, it makes sense to talk to a professional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. I'm Nick Slavic, proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I speak nationally and internationally on the subjects of entrepreneurship, trades reform, apprenticeship, craftsmanship, and coding science. I've created a rigorous apprenticeship program where I find, train, inspire, and mentor young people in my craft. The result is an ultra-professional crew of craftspeople that cares about their work and your project. We're not like other contractors. Visit N-I-C-K-S-L-A-V-I-K.com. That's NickSlavic.com to learn more. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Coming up, Hacking the Brain, Beyond the Five Senses. Can technology create new human senses beyond the normal five? You mean like magnetoception or, or x-ray vision? How about echolocation? I have to admit, as a philosopher, I've always wanted to know what it's like to be a bat. Hacking the Brain, next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. The entire buying experience with Rudy Luther Toyota is so worthwhile. Every new Toyota comes with Toyota Care. Two years of free maintenance with every new Toyota purchased. Their super staff is wonderful, always ready to help. And there's the Luther Advantage card. With every new and used vehicle purchase, you'll get three years of 10 cents off per gallon of gas at Holiday Station stores, as well as discounted car washes. The Luther Advantage card keeps you happy in your Rudy Luther vehicle. Head on over to Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Night will be mostly clear with the low around 50. Monday, partly sunny with a high of 72 and the low around 47. One day, rain and possible thunderstorms before 7 p.m. with a high of 52 and the low around 39. Tuesday, sunny with a high of 59 and the low around 38. Whatever April showers bring this year, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning has you covered. Their triple savings sale offers $2,300 in savings on a new furnace and AC. Learn more about this great deal at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard Heating and AC, comfort you deserve. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guest for the whole show tonight, Mr. Sam Miltich, a fabulous guitar player. Uh, grew up still based in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. He's got a new record out called Peasants with Torches. Sam, I think it's important to talk about, for the people out there that are dealing with these issues, 
you are no stranger to mental health issues. No, yeah, that's it's it's a I'm intimately aware. <laughs> so tell us about uh, what your journey with with your issues. Yeah, you know, when I was uh, 22, I had a really severe psychotic break, and I had another one when I was 30 years old. And I'm uh, I'm diagnosed with schizophrenia, and um, you know, I've recovered pretty substantially, though I still have my struggles. And a big part of my life has been mental health advocacy. And um, you know, I have to say, over the past you know 12 years, things have really changed, and for the better, mental health is far more a part of the dialogue of sort of everyday life now. It's mm-hmm. like it's coming out of the shadows, right. so to speak. Um, and, you know, and I feel like I've been, you know, a player in that scene here in Minnesota. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, one of the primary issues that's, um, you know, aside from the, you know, sort of the personal suffering mm-hmm. and anguish that comes with uh, mental illness is, you know, just uh, people with mental health concerns being treated on par with other medical concerns. Sure. Or it's not something that's being viewed as some kind of character flaw or, you know, behavior isn't necessarily viewed as something that's flaky or, you know, bad. You know, it's it's an issue of the brain. And, like, even with this issue of hearing, um, you don't really hear with your ears. You hear with your brain. It's, mm-hmm. it's nerves. You know, and the same is true of mental health. And, you know, one of my analogies that I've used is when someone's in psychosis or uh, someone's depressed, asking them to just act normally makes about as much sense as asking a blind man to see or a deaf man to hear. Right. You know, um, it's the brain and it's it's the uh, the master control center of human existence. Um, and it's really hard, I think, sometimes for people to. Uh, grasp that if they haven't had those struggles. Right. And so, you know, I've tried to illustrate, you know, um, my experience. Uh, I write about it. I speak about it. Um, and I've kind of used my um, position as a performing artist to uh, take up the microphone and, and talk about that experience, one, to sort of help people understand uh, what psychosis means and how they could help a friend or a loved one or themselves for that matter, um, you know, and then talk about my own personal experience with, you know, stigma, which we're even kind of moving away from the term stigma and just calling it what it is, discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. And Yeah, and, you know, it's just another push towards um, sort of more inclusion and uh, a greater understanding of what I would consider human diversity um, because it is, a, you know, mental illness is a disability, but it's an invisible one. Right. And um, it's really hard to get um, compassion or sympathy for something that people can't see. And quite frankly, the same is true of hearing. People can't see it. You know, um, when someone's in a wheelchair, you can open up the door for them because it's obvious, you know, that that, right. that needs to be done. But, um, you know, the same is true uh, for people with mental illness. And one of the things we have to do is if someone uh, were to say, you know, uh, have a physical disability while they're in a wheelchair, and they can't maybe go as fast as other people, it sure feels good if someone slows down and walks beside you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same is true of mental health. We need people to slow down and walk beside us and uh, have a sense of compassion about it. And so that's that's been a large part of my work, and uh, I'm still very dedicated to that. It's, it's, uh, it's a big part of my creative process to write about it and speak about it. And, um, you know, I think it just... 
opens things up for a more compassionate world. Right. And, uh, in, I think that's, that's our job as humans is to, to care for one another, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have an uncle, uh, Joseph, who's a, uh, uh, a guitarist and just a phenomenal human being. One of the guys who taught me how to play and he's, uh, a paraplegic. He's oh, I know Joe. I've known Joe for years and I have nothing but, uh, respect and love for that guy. Say hi. I haven't seen well, him in years I, either. I, I somehow knew, I just knew that you must know Joseph. Oh yeah. So that's, that's a cool, that's a cool connection. But, uh, you know, he has this phrase, he calls the rest of the world the temporarily able because, uh, <laughs> th- these things, you know, they happen to us, you know, like we're in these really fragile mortal bodies and, um, you know, it's, it's like a jazz standard. It can happen to you and it's, you know, it's pretty simple. You want to treat other people the way you would want to be treated. So yeah, that's, that's what I can speak to about that issue. Well, you, uh, you speak about it very eloquently and bravely. If you don't mind me asking, because uh, for those of us that uh, haven't experienced it, what, when you're in the midst of a psychotic episode, what is that like? It's pretty much fear. You know, um, it's scary. It's like um, you've lost your bearings on the world. Um, And uh, it's, it's for people who have had this experience, it's like an unending terrible acid trip. Hmm. Um, that just won't stop. It goes on for, you know, months or years until people get help for it. And, um, you, you kind of, you lose confidence in yourself because you can't trust your own perceptions and, uh, you misinterpret things and everything sort of has bizarre, strange double meaning, you know, where, Hmm. you know, like, uh, for some reason this, this tree is transferring some kind of bad energy to me and I, I don't know why, you know, or, or, um, you know, uh, I've had auditory hallucinations and even recently, like with this issue of my ear, I uh, was given prednisone, a really powerful steroid to try and help bring back my ear, but it brought on psychotic symptoms. So, you know, sort of in the darkest days of this experience, this physical health experience, there's been a mental health component where, you know, I'm, I'm hearing the, the phantom sounds of tinnitus in one ear, the actual sounds of the world in my other ear, wow. and then hearing a, a choir of angels singing, which is a common hallucination that I've had in the past, and I'm hearing that, so I'm hearing three things all at once, and huh. uh, it's all inside my brain, you know, um, but yeah, it's it, that's what it is, and the primary thing is it's there's just there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of confusion and um, disorientation. And to try and, you know, go about living as a human in the world while you're dealing with that is pretty tough. It's um, hard to function. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So uh, your family, I, I, I'm sure, is is aware of this. Uh, to see oh, if, yeah. there's, if there's oncoming, if there's a episode oncoming. Uh your wife has to be a complete saint because not only is she married to a musician, <laughs> she's married to a musician with this affliction that occasionally rears its head. Yeah, she's a pretty remarkable woman. And, um, you know, fortunately, love is a very powerful thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you a- know? absolutely. And, uh, is she a Grand Rapids gal? Yeah, she is. Yep. Cool. Yep, grew up on 
grew up out down by Pacagamo uh, Lake there. And, uh, you know, I'm extremely fortunate because I have a really, really strong support network, um, both in my natal family and as well as my wife's family. And, uh, you know, it, it, it takes some time to, to, to sort it all out, but we've kind of found a, a way of, of dealing, you know, mm-hmm. it's like we all have these familial issues um, that we have to sort out ways of how we get through it. Right. And, um, you know, life is all about adaptation, and that's that's what we've done as a family. It's we've adapted, you know. And uh, that's sort of the name of the game with the whole human experience is adaptation. Right. You know, because life changes. And survival. And survival, that's right, Re- resilience. Yeah. You know, we, we have to be resilient. And because ultimately it's like we either fall down and we don't get back up, and that's not really a very fun option. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, it's like you fall down or get up. Well, I want to keep walking because I want to keep living. I don't I don't know what the other side holds. Well, you know what I mean? and, we, we, uh, we need you here in Minnesota because you're one of the finest guitar players in a state – especially the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area, uh, I believe, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, I believe that uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul has, and the uh, outlying areas like Grand Rapids with guitar players like yourself, has the greatest acoustic guitar scene in the world. Well, we're very fortunate, man. We've got a strong, you know, we've got a very strong musical community. Twin Cities has got an incredible artistic community, and um, you know it's got a long history of that. You know, yeah. which you know, which you know about. You you you've been on the scene. You've been with these players, and now you're seeing multiple generations of really incredible um, musicians. You know, I'm one of my uh, collaborators has been uh, Dave Carr, who's in his late. 80s. Oh yeah, Dave's amazing. Uh, you know, I, I, I Peter Ostrushko and I played together for years and years. I've played with Dean McGraw, you know, and then just all the way down to, you know, some of my own um, contemporary um, players that I play with, you know, uh, Chris Bates on bass. It's just an incredible artistic community. We're, we're very, very fortunate. Have you ever got, have you, uh, Sam Miltich, have you ever had the pleasure of playing, <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, a man I consider to be the greatest acoustic steel string fingerstyle player in the world and one of my uh, old teachers, Tim Sparks. Oh, God. You know what? One of my very first lessons that I got as a teenager when I was, you know, getting into jazz was with, was with Tim. Um, and, you know, I drove, he was living over in Frazee, and I drove over to his house and, uh, you know, got a lesson with him. And, and he knew my... You know, back in the late 70s, I think my mom uh, knew him, and mm-hmm. she said, well, you know, you, you should hook up with Tim. If you're playing guitar, i got to hook you up with Tim Sparks. And, you know, we wound up uh, teaching at a, uh, a guitar summit in Fergus Falls where a bunch of, you know, Minnesota guitarists of all different genres were uh, teaching. And, and he and I got to, uh, you know, share some time together down there, so... God, he's phenomenal. This is a guy who's taking, you know, Russian classical music and klezmer music and putting it onto a, a guitar. You right. know, it's, it's just it, remarkable. Absolutely. Speaking of remarkable guitar players, we're going to listen to Now's the Time by Sam Milkitch on his new record, Peasants with Torches. We'll be back one more set with the great Sam Milkitch on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. <laughs> Thank you. 
The number one source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. This week's a talking head show with the theme of sparking change. I'll talk about something you'd not expect, the 1968 Miss America pageant and how it spurred change in our country. We'll also revisit LeBron James' I Promise School in Akron, Ohio, which is making quite a difference in student lives. Ellie 2.0 Radio, engaging in real on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Art lovers, it's time to celebrate, learn about, and collect local art at the St. Paul Art Crawl, running April 26th to 28th. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you will have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries. Up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 34 locations. Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for your own. And when you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community, too, with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at stpaulartcrawl.org. That's stpaulartcrawl.org. Hello, fellow AM 950 listeners. This is JJ from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare for my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Join this show with my guest Sam Miltich. This is your host, Paul Metz. We just listened to a little bit of Martha's Dream off Sam's new record, Peasants with Torches. 
Sam, when uh, uh, how can people track you down and tell us when uh, you're coming down to the Twin Cities? People would love, now that they've heard some of your music and listened to your story, I'm sure would love to hear you play live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, um, uh, you know, you can always figure out where and when I'm playing. I'm at sammiltichmusic.com. And that's um, M-I-L-T-I-C-H. Yeah, that's right, yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can check out where and when I'm performing down in uh, the southern reaches of the state. Um, and, um, uh, you know, this, this new record is coming out and we're going to do sort of a, uh, uh, you know, an online release here before long. We're going to get some press out on it. And, uh, we got it up on CD baby where you can, you know, get your physical copy of the CD or you can do your download. However you do it these days, there's lots of different ways to skin a cat of audio these days um so we're making all of that available um so you can check it out just uh punching my name at cubaby.com and that's going to be there um so uh yeah that's that's how you can get a hold of the record and find out where and when i'm playing and our good friend mutual friend rich matson was recorded at his oh, studio sparta sound uh it sounds right. phenomenal isn't rich got a cool thing going on up there Oh, God, yeah. I, I just love recording at that spot because, you know, I'm like, what, an hour away from home, and it's just the most chilled and relaxed environment. I've never been happier than I was in that studio recording. And, uh, yeah, kind of fun story. Rich is actually a second cousin of mine. Really? Um, his, yeah, his uh, grandmother and my granddad were uh, siblings. They were brother and hmm. sister. And we didn't really know each other until a few years ago, and then we just kind of... I knew his... Um, his uh, mom and she just kept saying like you got to get together with my son he's a musician and <laughs> we finally hooked up and now it's like god this is like in terms of our how we work together it's a match made in heaven it's just phenomenal well so, i actually, i highly suggest i've listened to uh, peasants with words it's just a wonderful record Sam, we've got about four minutes left here sam now besides uh being just a phenomenal guitarist a great musician and good family man you've also been taking your boys out and you've been tapping trees uh, to get some maple syrup. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, Tell us I'm an about avid that. Outdoors. I'm an avid outdoorsman. That's my other passion. And I've been uh, tapping red maple trees up at the uh, 60 acres my dad has, kind of northeast of town. And um, you know, I just I love hunting. I love fishing. I mean, I I grew up in northern Minnesota. I grew up on the range, and that's just the kind of stuff that we do. You right. know, and. Uh, I just, I never wanted to uh, make a life in a metropolitan area because this was my other passion with outdoors stuff. And uh, I just knew I needed that to be a part of my life. And, you know, we've, we've, we're creating a nice little artistic scene up in the North Country. You know? Right. There's, there's good stuff going on. You know, there's people that are, you know, painting. There's people that are sculpting. There's musicians, you know. Rich is a fine example of that. And uh, they're, they're finding a way to carry right. on. Well, so, yeah, the, the trees the trees have been tapped. We got we're going to probably get about three gallons of syrup, which uh, means that's like you know eighty bathtub loads of sap that you have to boil. Wow. <laughs> no, it's not that much, but it's it's a it's a long process. But you know, if you enjoy doing it, it's wonderful. So tell us quickly, how does the process work? What time of year do you go out to tap the trees? How long does that take? Uh, how do you take all the sap back and then boil it down to the, that great uh, syrup? Yeah, you know, it's it's basically when your your days start getting above 32 and the evenings get beneath 32, that's uh, when the sap really starts to flow. So okay. we've been doing it for a couple weeks now. 
you know, and I don't do a, um, I don't have a massive operation. I do like 20 trees and I just have a, a uh, you know, a hand drill bit and, uh, you know, you just drill your hole and got some taps from L&M Supply and uh, put them in there and take a couple of, uh, I just use juice jugs that are left over, pop a hole and uh, hook them onto it. And then every day me and my kids just go out and collect the sap, pour it into a five gallon bucket and then bring it into the house and strain it and get all the junk out of it and we just boil it right down on the stove in the house and wow. your house smells your house smells like an IHOP you know it's like uh, <laughs> maple flavor everywhere so. I love I love IHOP uh, now that I'm plus 55 for those cheap pancakes uh, yeah there you go <laughs> but uh, but I also it's funny you mentioned L&M Supply because there used to be one on the north side of Virginia when I was in God was I seventh grade and they also oh, sold yeah. they also sold records at L&M oh, no Supply kidding. yeah and that's where I bought my first copy of Neil Young's After the Gold Rush was at L&M Supply oh fantastic God, <laughs> I love that album oh it's my favorite Neil Young record really um, yeah me too me too so uh, Sam Milton what. Uh, uh, when you're not playing or rehearsing or writing, what do you like to listen to? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I have a really wide range of uh, stuff that I like to listen to. Actually, recently, just because of the way my hearing's gone, I've been listening to a bunch of Jocko Pistorius. Because, oh, I love Jocko. Uh, yeah, like one of the things that happened is like my bass hearing came back. So when I put on these Bose headphones, like it sounded like I was hearing equally because I'm listening to like a Jocko record where he's playing like solo electric bass and it's like oh god this is like so I, I call it my Jocko therapy you know I put my <laughs> headphones on and listen to uh, some fretless electric bass um, so yeah anyways right before you called that's what I had on my headphones I one of my favorite <clears throat> top 10 records of all time is Bright Size Life with uh, uh, Bob Moses, Pat Metheny, and Jaco Pistorius. I just... Uh, of course. And then anytime Jaco's with Joni Mitchell uh, on there, I've got every record. We've had Sam Milicich on for the whole show. Sam, uh, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your honesty. I love your music. And uh, you and I got to do a gig together here one of these days. Just two guitars. Happily. Yeah. And so, so, uh, so is it Sam Militich Music dot com or just Sam Militich dot com? Uh, Sam Militich Music dot com. And that's M I L, and that's T I C H. What the hell is that's that? That's right. What, what was <laughs> that? Sorry, my. Let me try this again. Yes, it's Sam Militich Music dot com. M I L T I C H. Sam, thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you. I'm going to get up there in a couple of weeks, up to the range. Uh, I've got a couple of projects I'm working on. I'll give you a buzz. Maybe we can get together for lunch. I'd love it. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Bauer Radio Hour. This show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brett Johnson, in the studios at AM 950 in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor a prairie. We want to thank our guests this week, Sam Miltich. I want to invite you out to see me play. I play every Thursday night at Shaw's Bar with the great Willie Walker and or Sonny Earl, depending who's on the road and who's in town. 16th and University in Northeast Minneapolis. Follow me at paulmetza.com and if you are a business or have an event coming up and want to advertise to a very committed audience, get hold of us at comments at AM 950. They will direct you to me. Like my dad used to say, remember to be kind and make someone happy. 
Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Coming up, hacking the brain beyond the five senses. Can technology create new human senses beyond the normal five? You mean like magnetoception or or x-ray vision? How about echolocation? I have to admit, as a philosopher, I've always wanted to know what it's like to be a bat. Hacking the brain, next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuske, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our secret animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. We are awake. 